Welcome to the Gridiron Goodies Podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Scott. On today's episode, I will recap all the drama from Super Bowl 58. I'll hold myself accountable as we do a little bet busting. Then we'll wrap up with some of my most memorable moments from this past season. All coming up on this week's episode of the Super Bowl Recap and Seasonal Wrap-Up. Now this game started off slowly, and if you paid attention to just the scoreboard, you might have found this game to be a bit boring. But if you actually watched the game, it was kind of crazy. We kicked things off with a rare CMC fumble on the Niners' first possession, followed up a few drives later by a Kansas City fumble of their own, which led directly to a brotherly shove of a different kind between Kelsey and Reed on the sidelines. This is pure speculation, but what I think happened was Kelsey was mad that they pulled him on a running play, which tipped off the defense that it was in fact a running play. They honed in on Pacheco, knocked out and recovered the ball. I think either Kelsey was mad that they pulled him on a blocking play, or that he wasn't in there to get the ball. Either way, you shouldn't really shove a coach like that. Then, shortly after that, midway through the second quarter, we had a freak injury as the Niners' defense took the field. Dre Greenlaw went down with a non-contact injury, ultimately never to return as it is later diagnosed as a torn Achilles. Immediately after this, his unit rallied and forced the Chiefs to a quick three and out, and then scored the first touchdown of the game on their following drive with a crazy trick play. Juwan Jennings to CMC on a double pass to go up 10 to zip and later 10 to 3 going into the break. Now during the break, we had a pretty entertaining half show, in my opinion at least. I'm in my mid-30s now, so Usher was a mainstay on the rotation back in my earlier formative years, even if I had to sneak that quote rap crap into my household at the time. So I enjoyed some of the throwback jams as they skated around on roller skates for some reason. Maybe Usher was secretly auditioning for the NHL. Dude is clearly still in shape. Returning to the game, the Niners up to this point looked fairly dominant. They held the Chiefs to just three points and seemingly more punts than first downs. Yet you couldn't help but feel like being up by just one score at this point wouldn't be enough and that Mahomes would tap into his bag of magic soon. Not so fast, however. The Chiefs went out and flopped on their opening drive after the break as Mahomes was intercepted by Jair Brown. This would be a perfect opportunity for the Niners to start sticking in the daggers. Unfortunately for them, they'd be unable to turn this takeaway into points, as they matched it with a 3 and out of their own. To me, this was one of the key moments of the game. The momentum was clearly starting to shift towards the Chiefs, as a few drives later, Mahomes would start to involve his legs more, scrambling a couple times, once for a first down, on a drive that only led to a field goal. But you could just feel the balance starting to shift. Sure enough, taking possession after a Niners 3 and out, Mahomes would hit MVS for a 16-yard touchdown, putting his team ahead for the first time in this match, 13-10. However, San Francisco would take their next drive and march all the way down on a pretty long 13-play drive involving a ballsy 4th down conversion by Kittle that ultimately ended in another Jawan Jennings score. This time, he'd be on the receiving end. But in another key moment, Moody kicks the point after, too low, and it gets blocked. This would have a massive ripple effect for the rest of the game, as the Chiefs would add a field goal of their own on the next drive, and we'd be all knotted up at 16, with a little over 5 minutes left in regulation. The Niners take their drive down the field, but stall out, having to settle for 3 points and leaving way too much time on the clock for the Chiefs to march right down the field and nail a field goal of their own. Which brought us to 19 all, 
with only 6 seconds left. This game was heading to overtime. Niners would win the coin toss and elect to receive. Some people questioned this decision given the new playoff overtime rules. However, I don't think it mattered too much at all honestly as the Niners would move into scoring position but ultimately stalled on their drive and settled for a field goal. It was now time for Mahomes' magic as he led a methodical 13-play drive capped off by a walk-off game-winning touchdown to McCall Hardman. The Chiefs are your 2023 champs on back-to-back campaigns. The first time since the GOAT-led Patriots team did it roughly 20 years ago. Before we wade through the vomit and force out some Chiefs praise, I'd like to touch on some of the other key moments, players, and highlights from this game. Shout out to Mitch Wisnowski and Chris Conley on the punt team. Mitch was bombing them deep, and Conley made sure there wasn't a return. Very nicely done, and they deserve kudos for their efforts. Also shout out to Jawan Jennings, who if things went a little differently, could have very well ended up as MVP of the game instead of Mahomes, for his passing and receiving scores, the first time since Nick Foles of the Eagles a few years back. Shout out to Christian McCaffrey, who was almost the entire offense. He had 80 yards, both receiving and rushing, for 160 total all-purpose yards and one score. He also very well could have ended up as the MVP if things took a different bounce. Shout out to both edge rushers, Chase Young and Nick Bosa. They both did a great job of being patient and holding their edges for most of this game. They both were also in the backfield often. This defensive line as a whole played a great game in my mind at least. Last shout out goes to Kyle Shanahan for going for it on fourth down like that towards the end of the game. He was clearly all in and left his more conservative approach behind. I admire this a lot. It's hard to go against what you know. It may have not worked out in the long term, but I respect his decision. Now we'll touch on the obligatory Chiefs love. As much as I hate to admit this as a Broncos fan, Mahomes does indeed deserve the right to be viewed in the same tier as Tom Brady now. There's only a handful of quarterbacks over the years that seem to always have a shot, no matter the odds. Brady is one of them, and now you can slot Mahomes right up there next to him. It's extremely deflating having this guy in the same division as my team. Now I know how the fans of the other AFC East teams felt for all of those years. I personally feel lost now. There's no way the Broncos are going to be anywhere near relevancy for the foreseeable future now, and I've now learned to value Super Bowl wins a little more when they happen. I've said it a bunch of times this year, this iteration of the Chiefs team was scarier than any of their other past squads. They stole this championship in a down year. Once they've reloaded in the offseason, I and everyone else should expect them to be right back in the mix next year. As for the 49ers, this was a very upsetting defeat. I can't help but feel like this may have been Shanahan's last shot. It's extremely difficult for a Super Bowl losing team to go right back to the dance. I refer to the Eagles and the Bengals as recent examples, but this tendency goes way back to the Bills teams of the 90s. I'm genuinely sad at the outcome of this game. I wanted Kyle to change his narrative and CMC to get a ring. They still have time, but this window may be closing faster than expected. With that said, that will wrap up the recap portion of this episode. Let's go ahead and take a quick break right here. Welcome back. Now we'll head on down and do some bet busting for the final time this season. For my straight five bets, only the CMC to score first ticket cashed out and the rest flamed out. 
As for the parlays, I failed to hit any this entire playoff season, as these last two both flopped as well. My regular season record was pretty good, but this was a bad way to start off my playoff record. Hopefully next season works out a little better for us. Since the season is now over, this is a perfect time to reflect on this past year. Let's stick with the betting angle and go over some of my favorite best bets and predictions of the season. Nailing that five-leg parlay during the middle of the campaign because I was tired of nailing three-leg parlays was pretty sweet and honestly unexpected. I went out on top with that one, going one for one. I enjoyed this and I might even throw in some more of these next year. I also nailed some pretty cool interception predictions, like the Geno on Geno pick and the Justin Simmons pick against the Chiefs. Again, I enjoyed these and might add some more if the sports books allow them in parlays moving forward. Some of my favorite game predictions were the Jags over the Bills in London. This was one of the first games I covered, and nailing this gave me the confidence to continue this show. I actually began to root for the Jaguars more and more as the season continued as a result, until things started to fall apart for them at least. I'm sure I had some other great underdog picks, but this one stood out to me as special, mostly because of the timing and impact it had on this outlet that I've created. It wasn't all roses, however, I made some pretty bad predictions as well. My hands down worst bet of the year was putting all my eggs in the Bengals basket before the season even began. I bet on the Bengals to win the Super Bowl and Burrow to win regular season MVP. The very next week, Burrow injured himself during training camp, which led to a cascade of decisions that absolutely obliterated this ticket. Not only that, since I placed this bet so early, it sat in my active bet list as a reminder of my failure all season long. Now let's reflect on the season in general. I'll touch my Broncos a bit since they hold the biggest place in my heart. The historic loss to the Dolphins directly spawned this podcast. I was so mad at that game and needed an outlet, so here I am. That game was terrible, but I'm proud of the progress they've made since then, ending the Chiefs winning streak against them especially. They have a lot of work to do this offseason, and I'm not even sure if any of their efforts are even worth it because of this division, but I'm glad to be moving forward at least. As for the rest of the league, it was nice to see some unexpected success. Fresh faces in the postseason are always welcome. The Texans and the Packers specifically, both of these organizations, seem to be in a great spot and should have continued success next year. Now before you get all upset at me for not including the Lions in this list, just hang on. I believe they're in a different tier altogether. No longer are they going to be a surprise team heading for the postseason. They should enter next season as the favorites in their division now, and I'm curious to see how they handle being thrust into that position. New expectations can create new problems. Campbell and his staff have continuity at least, and will be facing these expectations together as a unit. I'm definitely pulling for them to pick up right where they left off this season. I also enjoyed the season that Baker and the Bucks had. I'm interested to see how that offense performs with the loss of Dave Canales. However it goes, I'm invested in Baker Mayfield now. I always hated how the Browns handled that entire situation, and I'm glad that he's found a new place to call home. I'd like it if Tampa found a way to retain both Evans and Mayfield and run it back, but we all know free agency has its twists and turns. The Rams were also a huge surprise this year. No one, myself included, saw this coming and I think Sean McVay deserved more credit than he deserved. I honestly thought he should have been coach of the year, or maybe D'Amico Ryans too. 
Some of the more disappointing teams this year, for me at least, had to be the Falcons and the Chargers. The Chargers get me every year, and next year they'll probably get me again. I keep hearing how great this roster is, and how they should perform better. But year in and year out, it's always the complete opposite. Maybe their fortunes will turn with a new leader, but I'm going to try to temper expectations moving forward. As for the Falcons, that offense was a disaster. I expected way more from their rushing attack, and all those receiving weapons they have just wasted an entire year. Their defense, however, actually played above my expectations. So if Morris can tweak that offense a little bit, and depending on what the Bucks do this offseason, I could see this team making the biggest turnaround next year. Now the Jets have to enter this conversation as well. I am not an Aaron Rodgers fan, nor am I a fan of the Jets at all, so my expectations of this team were essentially non-existent. However, I do like the show Hard Knocks a lot, so I, like millions of other fans, were forced to sit through a ton of Jets nonsense. All for it to be instantly erased four plays into the season. They seem to be trying to run it back next year, and you know what they say about people who do the same thing and expect different results. Overall, this season was pretty crazy. I can't remember a season where so many backup quarterbacks played and so many underdog teams made such big impacts. As for this podcast, I'm proud of this journey. I started this adventure during the season, and it definitely had a build your car while driving on the highway type of vibe. And I cannot thank you, my listeners, enough. I have two listeners specifically I'd like to thank. If you are hearing this from the states of Virginia and Ohio, you two have been consistent listeners all season long, and I'd like to personally thank you. Please get in touch with me via email at podcast at crazymagnetstudios.com. I will also provide this in the description of this episode. As promised in my Thanksgiving episode, I'd like to send you guys some free merchandise. Which brings me to a little housekeeping. I've decided I don't enjoy recapping and previewing every single game like I have been doing all season. I enjoy the fantasy football and betting aspects more. So moving forward, I'll be focusing specifically on these facets. I've also decided to take this off season off. Imagine that. There's really nothing to talk about and I don't want to add to the nonsense. I don't even watch college football. So I don't want to just be parroting someone else's draft opinions. Everything I spout comes fresh off of my own dome piece. So we'll end this episode and this season right here. I will return for a brand new season sometime before the preseason ramps up. In the meantime, please check out some of my other work. I develop video games as my day job and have a few more podcasts releasing shortly. I hope you all have a great summer break and I'll see you next time.